Welcome to Panelism, a podcast where we talk about the comics and graphic novels we're reading. I'm Todd A. I'm Taylor Trask. Good morning, Taylor. Good morning, Todd. It's another another Sunday morning. It's I don't know how it is there in California, but it is certainly 20 degrees here in Colorado. So, <laughs> yeah, our autumn has been a little short-lived, sadly. Uh, yesterday was beautiful, and it's just like, nope, nope. You're going to be in winter for a long time. Wow. Yeah, we haven't had any autumn yet. Uh, we had rain the other night, which is insane. We actually had thunderstorms like on the beach. And um, then uh, the yesterday and today have been very overcast and gray. Uh, this may be, it may be marine layer at this point. It may not be sort of the, the showers lingering. But um, Do you guys have, now, do you guys have the same phenomenon in the San Diego area that San Francisco does where it's, you know, maybe an hour in the morning, it's sunny and then like you know the, the fog rolls in or the clouds roll in and then it's stormy and then it's you know sunny again all in, all in one day. We never have storms, so that's mm. the thing. Like and we and rarely have rain. So okay, um, and it's all seasonal here. It's not like daily. Like in uh, I understand San Francisco. It's we have the May gray and the June gloom where the marine layer is like just covers everything and it's just gray all day. Yeah. It's yeah. actually weird if people like if you were a tourist visiting the you know beach. Uh, from LA south in May or June because it might just be gray all day and you're like this sucks. You know uh, it's funny I keep forgetting this this just speaks to my lack of awareness of California. I keep forgetting San Diego is south of LA. I always think LA is the furthest southern point in California but no. Those no, Yankees? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I uh, <Those> northern aggressors. <laughs> they are back. they are aggressive. Uh, are you are you drinking anything this morning? We used to talk about uh, coffee and such. We did, and I am. Uh, I actually, it's funny you mentioned that. I actually picked up some beans yesterday, and my lovely wife bought some beans as well. So I am firing up um, the sort of the celebratory standard blend from Loyal Coffee. I've mentioned them a few times. Oh, cool! And uh, I, I and I, I bought this particular one because I said, "Hey, I'm having a hard time with my French press these days." It's just not coming together like I want. Like, well, try this. This is kind of our utility blend. We use it here. You know, we use it in aero presses at our own homes and French presses. So try this. And actually, it's it's one of the better French presses I've done recently. So I think they were onto something. Huh. Um, Rachel got me some. Uh, there's a local little uh, kind of kiosk in Manitou that does butter coffee, and they do it with in some weird way. I'm not familiar with. They've got like they they roast it all in the kiosk, so everything is, is right there. But they they prepare it. If you, if you get like if you get it brewed in the morning or you get like a you know cappuccino or something, they prepare it in a weird way. That's like I can't even describe it. It's kind of it's not a uh, it's not one of those um oh, what's it's not a Chemex. It kind of looks like a Chemex, but they've got like these like six or seven like un, uh, identical burners that are you know sort of side by side. So I'm not quite sure how they do it. I'll have to investigate that further. How about you? Uh, I <laughs> I'm uh, drinking some gunpowder green tea. Uh, ah, standard. yeah, which feels kind of fall-ish, um, and it's Does one it? of the really? few. Well, I mean, just like as I'm looking out my window into this overcast gray day and having this, yeah. It, um, I guess it's not. I don't care about fall spices and stuff, so that's yeah, that's not, that's not <laughs> where it is. I actually had a. <laughs> I don't care about fall spices. Give it to me like it used to be. Just... Yesterday when it was like raining and it's it, you know it's finally dipped below seventy, and I got an iced coffee, and the barista was like, "Are you sure you want that iced?" <laughs> mm. And I was like, "Yeah, 
hot coffee is terrible. <laughs> oh, geez. She probably just like shook her head and <laughs> told all her coworkers. I, like, I, I don't think I used any. <laughs> yeah, I didn't use a judgmental word like terrible. I just said, oh, I, I can't drink hot coffee. And she was like, really? <laughs> mm. um, condition. I, I was born with a uh, ability to drink hot liquids. The devil's temperature. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what book do you have this morning, Todd? Because in our new format, we're just going to do one book each episode. I think it keeps it a little bit more compact. Um, and it's your turn in our yeah. ongoing series of wonderful reviews. And if you're listening, our hope, uh, if you're new to the show, our hope is that you take these episodes with you to the comic shop. You know, you, oftentimes you go to the comic shop and there's there are some shops that have some amazing people working there that can really guide you. Some of them aren't, but any, in either case, we hope that this is a way for you to find something new. You know, if you walk in, maybe this, hopefully our picks will be one of the first things you go to flip through it. Maybe you take it home. Maybe you're on Amazon. You, you grab something uh, for yeah. comicology. So what Todd is your pick on this wonderful Sunday morning? Sure, I have uh, uh, I'm on a strange mainstream kick and uh, I selected Domino the first arc of this rebooted series that is written by Gail Simone with the art by uh, David Baldeon. Um, and it's uh it's a Marvel comic. It's we all saw Domino in Deadpool 2 this summer. Uh, this is not that Domino. <laughs> oh, I, I, be my first question for you. I wish it were um, uh, just because it is, uh, you know, it's um, it, it leans more on the traditional comic book uh, Domino. So so this is a, a uh, white lady. Um, a very, a very, very white lady. I was going to say her. very white lady. Like that's, I want to get into that. When that's we I was trying to figure out how to say that in a, in a way that sounded like it was, I'm actually referring to the color of, um, literally white. Like she literally looks like yeah, a, um, like a domino. She looks like, yeah, a domino. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, I, 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 I uh, don't know what motivated me this week to, to say, uh, you know what? I'm just going to do another of the big two. Uh, but I'll, I'll get into my, you know, my enjoyment of this again. So this is all, this is the first arc and it is compiled in a um, volume called Killer Instinct. But that volume, it comes out in November. You can pre-order it now on Amazon, of course, um, or at your local comic shop. As we learned from Mockingbird, it would be great if you went in and ordered the stuff you want ahead of time, Definitely. which none of us do. But anyway, um, it, uh, so the first arc is six issues. I was picking them up. Um, knowing that Gail Simone was writing it, I just put it on my pull list. Uh, so the annual came out maybe last week, the, like the the first annual of it. Um, so I thought that was a good time to sort of, you know, look at it all together as a series and see where we are at the beginning. I'll give you the back cover elevator pitch of it. Um, impossible targets call for impossible shots and no one can make them like Domino. Exclamation mark. <laughs> Marvel's number one soldier of fortune is back in an explosive new series. Exclamation mark. The, <laughs> the product of a failed super soldier program. That sounds familiar. Nina Thurman has always made her own luck as the sharpshooting mercenary known as Domino. Dot, dot, dot. But what happens when her own powers betray her? Question mark. The hunter becomes the hunted as every merc in the game smells blood in the water and Domino's formerly charmed life is turned upside down exclamation point plus colon a pair of beloved marvel characters return exclamation point <laughs> amadeus joe lends a hand exclamation point and who is domino's evil counterpart question uh none of that i put this in our notes this morning and then i went this doesn't tell you 
anything about the series. Well, I was going to ask the the sort of the emphasis on the exclamation points. I was going to is that tone sort of indicative of what you're going to find? Is it sort of this, you know exciting, you know, bite sized, <laughs> crazy eighties action drama? You know, it's like is it like that or is that just did somebody no. misunderstand and write the back of the cover? we not quite understanding the book. <laughs> my my copywriter heart went out to whoever had to prepare this with <laughs> literally no background on the series. I'm sure this just went to like some catalog <laughs> copywriter and they're like, what's it about? And they're like, uh, you know, uh, whatever. And he Wikipedia Domino and then uh. or she or they um, and uh, wrote this because it just <laughs> this could be about any <laughs> six issues of Domino. No, um, wow. <laughs> I was, I mean, it's weird that the the mercenary thing, um, which I hate when it gets shortened to Merc, like with Deadpool. Um, but when that, uh, I, that is a thing that comes up over and over again. And in, in um, like she says it in there, but it has nothing to do with the story, really. Like you don't feel like that's what's going on. You uh, <clears throat> feel like what has happened is Domino has decided to start her own team. Mm-hmm. And she wants a small team. She wants it to be like friends of hers that can work together. And that's kind of vague on like, are they working together being superheroes? Or are they working together being mercenaries? They're for their four hire basically. And they, you know, may have to do like the first mission they're on is um, uh, related to uh, what is it? Timber piracy or something like that. Like people, uh, the the gangs involved in the timber trade. Um, wait, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> that seems very oddly specific. Is this? Is I this... know it definitely seems oddly specific. I wonder if Gail Simone Timber lives piracy. in Portland or something. Yeah, because um, there's kind of a there's like a joke where Domino's like, yeah, I hadn't heard the word yes, the, the heard the term until yesterday either. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. All right, but that that quickly turns out to be like a. Uh, she, by the uh, way, uh, Gail Simone was born in Oregon. Just for the totally makes sense. Like, I mean, uh, you're on page three and it's like the Pacific Northwest rural route D72. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that is okay. Well, and that follows, by the way, a fine tradition of um, Portland based creators incorporating the Northwest into their work. For sure. Uh, You know, there's a lot of that, like anything from Oni Press, anything from um, Floating World, like they just you see that. And it's not distasteful. It's just it's just funny that there's a sort of a pride, I guess, in the environment there of all those people. You don't see you don't see a lot of uh, Colorado creators doing that for whatever reason. It's yeah. Good point. Um, yeah, that's wow. That's a whole side topic. I am because I've noticed uh, there there also seems to be like a sort of ebb and flow to TV shows actually set in L.A. It mm-hmm. feels like there's sort of there's sort of years where everything is set in L.A. and you're like, oh, my God, like these people could not be more obviously, you know, sort of. Uh, uh, like sequestered in their own environment <laughs> that that's all what? they can write about. And then, then there'll be a whole several years where they're all over the place and you're, and you're yeah. like, CSI Des Moines, what the hell? <laughs> CSI Des Moines. Well, it's, <laughs> but the LA comparison is apt too, because a lot of, you know, traditionally a lot of movies, TV shows, like stuff was centered around LA, like, you know, not to get off the beaten path, but the movie yeah. La La Land resonated so much with, actors producers directors because it was celebrating you know where they're from what they're what yeah. they're about portland as we've discussed is sort of the la of the comics world it is it is you know for better or for worse it is the i think for better it is the epicenter of comics now in america as like you know that's that is 
you can live anywhere, but that's kind of where the, the, the concentration of creative talent goes to, to be seen or you know, that's where publishers are. So it's interesting that, that for comics and, and a quick little teaser, uh, my pick this week, which will be in another episode, is also uh, going to sort of reference this. But it's, it's interesting that even in the Marvel sort of world, that, tr- that bleeds in. Yeah, you know, it's, it's it's not like oh it's New York oh it's uh, you know it's a fictitious place it's metropolis no no it's kind of leans into that sorry anyway yeah <laughs> uh, it was definitely uh, Gail uh, you know paying homage to to uh, her hometown or place of birth or whatever um, that uh, that was a a, a a segue into territory that we don't actually come back to they start out with this mission it's it's uh, turns out to be a setup. Um, I don't think that's spoiling anything for me to tell you that. And uh, from there, Domino finds out that she is being targeted by someone. And so that's, I, I brought that together with this mission to, you know, to the Pacific Northwest because it's, uh, um, it's, uh, you see the three of them on a mission. Um, so who are the three? Well, who are the yes. three? Let's go. So this that. is her team that she's put together. And, and it's obviously like, this is a theme of the book. It's the team and the friends, because she mentioned several times, I've been on a lot of teams, but I find the way to put together, you know, my team. So it's, uh, herself, Domino, um, a, uh, character named outlaw, who is a mutant, who is just super strong, uh, and sort of dresses like, uh, Daisy Duke or something, <laughs> or at least Jessica Simpson's interpretation of Daisy Duke. And uh, then Diamondback, um, who is not a mutant, and as far as I know, just blows stuff up, but seems to have some kind of superhuman <laughs> resilience or something, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, y- y- definitely the <laughs> the outlaw, I don't know if that's her costume or not. I mean, it's like literally like a fringe vest and then a denim miniskirt and okay. then just giant cowboy boots and a cowboy hat. <laughs> And it's that thing, too, of like, you know, you're getting in fights all the time. I don't know if you can get cut or bleed or whatever, but is this comfortable? You know, like, are you protected? What's I I don't know. Plus, cowboy boots, uh, certainly with bare legs, seems like such a terrible idea to me. Well, let me ask you that. Let me ask you this, because this this trickles into something we've talked about a few times. Do you feel like this was the the unnecessary sexualizing of a woman character in a comic or is it just sort of paying homage to that kind of archetype of, of you know, uh, I, I can't yeah. even think of the word. You know, like femme fatale, sort of like, you know, just like these sexy ladies are all on a crime spree together. And, it, you know, it's, they look like they look because they want boys to buy comics. Is that you? How do you feel? Uh, Where does I think fall? it's I think it's mostly the latter. I think it's mostly like a, an homage kind of thing. Uh-huh. Um and but the only reason I think that is because of this dumb back cover copy, <laughs> which alludes to a pair of beloved Marvel characters return. And all I can think of is like, oh, I guess when the creators were making this and they wanted to make a team for Domino, they just sort of went, hey, who are two cool women characters that you know would have been like in Domino's peer group or something? And they mm-hmm. pick Outlaw to join. Um, but. I, you know, I don't, I don't think she's being overly sexualized, but it's just that there's this scene when they're in Oregon and it's, you know, it's raining and it's like, uh, they're out in the woods trying to stop the timber piracy. And she says something about getting mud in her boots. And, mm-hmm. and this is the weirdest, uh, like, uh, thought process segue thing for me. But all I could think of was like when you're playing, when I was a kid and I'd be playing with my GI Joes or something mm-hmm. and, you know, it'd be like the guy in the snow outfit but I'm playing a desert adventure and Ah. there's no explanation for why he can't change clothes to be in the, like I'm going, yeah, 
you know, Gail, you wrote this. Like, just yeah, yeah. Just have her bring like that would be even. I don't know. I just you know, like, what if she were a duster or something or something? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, if she's makes some comment, like, I I can't even walk in these Timberlands or something. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I don't know. It's just so weird. Like, can you not? (laughs) You can't even. She's in the miniskirt. Boy, right now you don't have raining. (laughs) She's out in the woods in the rain, and she's in the miniskirt and the stupid fringe vest. Um, anyway, so I, I assume it's sort of an homage to some older character. I'm unfamiliar with Outlaw Diamondback. Um, they make a good pairing because, uh, the, you know, definitely a big theme that's leaned into in this is that, uh, Domino is a mutant and she has that, she has that, uh, mutant past of, of feeling that great loneliness and, and feeling like an outcast, mm-hmm. um, Plus, through this arc, what we're discovering is so we we discover from that first mission that that someone is targeting them because of this setup. You know, someone has gone to great lengths to isolate the three of them out in the woods mm-hmm. and then ambush them. Um, and that person just didn't know that they would come as a team. You know, thought it would be Domino. Oh, so, okay. So, uh, and outlaws with her. Diamondback is sort of hiding out. Like Diamondback appears, you know, to offer support at the end of the fight. So it's like they, you know, not only did they not know there were two people, they didn't know there was third. And um, from that, they befriend another mutant, a mutant who's been sent as part of the setup, who's been hired actually to hurt them. But uh, they befriend him. And this is definitely where that part of the outcast thing shows up right away because his mutant powers that he transforms into this awful, like demigorgon thing. You want to say who it is or is that a spoiler? Uh, No, he's just given the name, uh, uh, Adelbert. I've got to okay. look where I wrote it. Yeah. Um, so not, not, a, no, not somebody we would know necessarily. No, 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 no. And, um, Adelbert. So, <laughs> featuring Adelbert. <laughs> yeah. So after the, after the ambush is over, you know, he, he turns back into his human form and it's and, not like uh, the Hulk, is it? I mean, it's not like Amadeus Cho's counterpart or, or nemesis, is it? No, it's really just a side character to demonstrate. And this is a really good thing they do. Like they just bring in another, another stray into ah, the into okay. the pack, you know. Okay. But he, you know, when he transforms back, he says this thing of like, yeah, you know, this is easy for you to say, like they say they're mutants and um you know, they're, they're being targeted because they're mutants or something and he's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, what you're not mutants, you both look like models. Like look at me. Um I you know, I can't hold a job, I can't have a family. I'm like this hideous monster." So I love that commentary by the way. That's really that, that's important. Yeah. Um so they, you know, they bring him back to Domino's house and Domino, you know, even though a couple of, you know, the team sort of protests and she's like, look, we're all strays. You know, this is all like we're, we're all that outcast. Um, it turns out that they are uh, the outlaw and Diamondback are throwing a surprise party for Domino's birthday at her apartment. So when they arrive, like the elevator opens, of course, she lives in a penthouse in San Francisco. <clears throat> and uh, <laughs> um, and there's this, you know, every sort of like uh hero from the sort of mutant side is there like there's a few x-men and deadpool's there and uh i can't remember who else but it's you know it's that echelon it's not the avengers echelon you get the feeling the avengers are the cool kids and the mutants are like the you know the punk kids from high school yeah so she's i think there's a very good characterization of like she is very much loves her friends for doing this for her um, but also loves that her friends understand i can only take so much of this party you know, so her friends end up, she just shows drinks, she, you know, participates in the party and then she goes to bed and the friends are like, we'll cover for you. We'll tell them you passed out, you know, and you're having so much fun. And, 
so it's kind of you feeling that like like the friends really get her they have all bonded you know these three um once she is safely in bed uh these two people show up at on like at her window there's a little balcony and they they're like at the window walking into her bedroom and ostensibly to give her a gift it is a broken domino and she's like what the and then all of a sudden she is in the this crazy fight with this woman that has come into her bedroom. Um, and that woman throws her through the window off the skyscraper. That's how issue one ends. Wow. So in that you hear the villain say, uh, you know, she has the ability to like turn off your power or something. And you realize that this luck thing that they've talked about through the whole issue where dominoes set it up of, you know, it always feels like there's sort of like a little mouse in my brain and I can feel it scurrying around and creating the luck. Mm-hmm. And she's like, all of a sudden can't feel the luck and she's falling mm-hmm. off the skyscraper. So this whole uh, arc is about those two characters and how they have been intertwined in her life. Um, and this is not her nemesis is not this. This other character is not somebody we've met before, is it? It's not like okay. I don't ah, know. It's you, Moriarty, <laughs> back again. Or is that I mean, is that spoilery? I, or? I Well, so. I don't think it's someone we've met before in the comics. I mm-hmm. think this is a wholly like original character at this moment, mm-hmm. but Domino has met them before in her life. Okay. And so part of this arc it, it deals with these flashbacks, which are done in this really cool thing. They, they establish maybe in, even in the first issue of um, the, she uses the word, like my memories are in Chioscuro. So it's like they will flip to black and white with sort of splashes of color to, to you know, detail her this young life that she had, where she was experimented upon, um, very much like the X twenty three story and Logan. Like you know, you get this feeling that there's a bunch of kids in some sanitary medical facility, and they're running experiments on them because they're all mutants. Mm-hmm. So you find out that these two people that have attacked her were in that group, and so I don't want to go too much into that story, <clears throat> but um, it's an old man and a a, a woman a, around the age of Domino. Okay. So the what you find out is that there is this uh, this connection between the old man and Domino. The better one does, the worse the other does. And he is actually prematurely aged because her luck power has grown so much. Mm-hmm. And then the other woman, Topaz, so the man's name is Prototype. Uh, the woman's name is Topaz. Topaz has the ability to sort of uh, either aggravate um, or shut off mutants' powers. So she can turn up the volume on Domino's power so high that like her brain's going crazy. Wow. Okay. Um, Or she can just shut it off and she has no luck. And that's, you know, Domino says over and over again, like, I don't even have a power. (laughs) Like I'm just like a pretty good fighter (laughs) um, who has this weird luck thing that everything seems to work out. So I, I, what I really liked about this was especially how it's told through the flashbacks and especially how it's not all given I mean, I know this sounds so obvious, but like like writers kind of 101, you know, how to write a <laughs> like suspense. But it's definitely doled out at the proper pace over these six issues so that you don't feel like the whole backstory was given to you at once. And then you have five issues of like bigger and bigger fights. Nice. It's like every fight is definitely leading to the next big fight. There's there's only one sort of dumb uh, action that I don't think, even think I need to name one sort of like stereo, uh, not stereotype, like a trope kind of thing that happens. And it's so minor um, that has to do with a fight and like thinking someone's dead when they're not. And, you know, that's the only thing that it like recurs. And I went, ah, oh, you know, that's the only like sticking point in the plot mechanics. But what I really loved about this was they've done that thing that Black Panther did the movie where the villain 
is, you know, if you, ex- you accept that Domino is this outcast mutant who's having a hard time making friends and she's finally put together this team for herself. Um, well, here's the exact counterpart of that who had the exact same childhood, but didn't have the benefit of looking like a model and having their powers feel like they've won the lottery every day. Like yeah, yeah. they've, you know, a Topaz and prototype have had the very opposite life of, they had all the, the childhood torment didn't stop as they aged and became mm-hmm. adults. And so it makes them these really complex victims or uh, villains. And it, it builds up that, that final climax, you know, where there's a, a conflict between them all of like having real stakes, like for Domino, uh, you know, to, to defeat them in any kind of final way, whether that's, you know, life imprisonment or death or, you know, whatever it is, is like, you, yeah, you're you're basically like fighting yourself in that instance. You know, you're these people didn't get the chance you did, and you're condemning them at, just because of the way they are. It's a real. I mean, it's <clears throat> it's not a very heavy comic. Like, it's not like you have to sit there and read really deeply into this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just great that that happens along the way. Amadeus Cho, the I can't even remember which Hulk he is, but he's one of the Hulks. The incredible, not the incredible. He's the amazing or the awesome, totally awesome Hulk or something like that. Um, so he shows up and he's kind of a fun foil as well to join the women on this adventure. Um, and he's sort of in and out, like he's not just the beast that can solve all their problems in a big fight at the end. He's, he's there for, remind me real quick. Does Amadeus Cho have control over his Hulk? Like he can, he's he's sent, he's cognizant when he is the Hulk. Yeah. It's all some scientifically based or something and he can like call on it and then just transform. Nice. Um, so that's really he's in there for you know um for a team up factor but yeah that's crucial is that he can just but it's, i i only ask because the, you know one of the one of the foils of the regular i was gonna say the ruffalo hulk the uh, the, uh uh bruce banner hulk is that you know it's you know when he's oftentimes they use that like the chaos of the transformation you know for story points and if it's if that's removed from the equation that can that can kind of set the story one way or another yeah i don't think i'm spoiling anything once domino realizes what uh that that topaz has the ability to turn up or turn off her power she seeks out amadeus cho because of whatever the nanite or something that he uses whatever this particle is that helps him transform she -hmm. says is there some way you can modify that to protect my power so that I can use it the same way you use it and turn it on and off. So yeah, that's like integral to that, that's awesome. to his reason for being in it. But he's also needs to Hulk out at one point. Um, but he's kind of, you know, he just, he sort of comes in and then he goes out. Another character that has this amazing role in it is, uh, <laughs> and I don't know if this person is like in current canon at all. I don't know if this person has been current in Marvel for 20, 30 years, but uh, Shang-Chi, the master of Kung Fu appears and wow. this is like, I have a comic book of the Master of Kung Fu from the 80s. I think I have number one because I remember buying it, you know, being all into like karate and kung fu or something and thinking like, oh, this is the best. But there was I at the time, I didn't really feel like there was any mythology. It was just their version of Bruce Lee. Yeah. Got, you know, yeah. Um, so in order to try to control her power as well and like figure out what's going on, uh, she goes to Hong Kong and uh entreats shang chi so to study with him as the master so that he can teach her but she thinks he's super hot so <laughs> <laughs> there's like great 
you know, uh, dialogue where he is not being flirty at all. It's like he's, I mean, it, you know, it's, it's kind of, uh, predictable, but it's, it's great in the way of like, where he's just, you know, you must call me master. And she's like, Ooh, whatever you say, you know? And, um, but it just works with the domino character very well. Yeah. And you also get that, that just real, I don't know. I just felt like it's a, it was a, a, you know, more of the three dimensions of the domino character, because in order to do this, she has to leave outlaw and diamond back behind. She doesn't want to tell them where she's going because in the last couple of ambushes, only the three of them have known where they would be, but she was still there. You know, she was still ambushed. So she's thinking uh-huh. like maybe one of them is a, is somehow giving away our location or working with someone else. And so she has to do this alone. And so you get to see her on her own as well, which is nice to have a purely domino adventure in a domino comic book. Um, but yeah, he's also integral to putting her on the right path. And then she uh, gets back and there's obviously like a final conflict with, you know, where everyone's involved and, and this resolution to her. I don't know. I mean, it's definitely resolved. There's a real, there's a real definite resolve to her childhood uh, traumas and upbringings and stuff and everything that like enhanced her uh, mutant ability and, and, you know, the, it's not in detail told, but this lab is where she gets the tattoo on her eye of the, the, you know, the, uh, pip of a, um, domino. And so, mm-hmm. yeah. So Let me I ask you two, two quick yeah. questions. Uh, Deadpool not involved in this story. He, he comes back again. So he's at the party, uh, and he's, he's just, it's just alluded to that. Like he's actually got a heart, you know, mm-hmm. and like, it's, you know, De- she can tell that Deadpool had a hand in this party because he got Dazzler to perform like this at her birthday party in the first or second. Yeah. First issue. And um, then when outlaw, I almost called her outback, but outlaw and diamondback when diamond law and outback, the outback uh, steakhouse, <laughs> you know, when they realize when they kind of put it together, like, you know, she thinks one of us is uh, betraying her. Mm-hmm. Um instead of reacting with anger and, you know, pettiness, they go, Oh my gosh, we got to find her and tell her how much we love her. And we would never betray her. We got to help her with this. So they call Deadpool to get some information on whatever. And so he only sort of shows up in a, a bit part thing. And honestly, I think that whole, like what I was saying about the back cover copy, all that stuff about the, you know, being a mercenary and the hunter becomes the hunted as every Merc in the game, like that, no, I don't. That didn't play <laughs> into this at all. Like I didn't even know what every merc in the game meant. That's not like she's not. I, okay. That's so disappointing. Think about how many people pick up that book, read the back cover, and it's like that's yeah. You know, and, and people who don't know better or don't have the sort of the the experience of kind of realizing that that's not the case. It's just ugh, that people need to be more back cover. A lot well, of times, if you're in a comic shop and you've got so many choices at your disposal, like that back cover yeah. can sometimes be the deciding factor in what you pick up that week. So I would, you know, and it's that thing of um, if you want to know why a marginalized character becomes marginalized, like, <laughs> yeah, no, that's <laughs> it, it all has to do with so much of the packaging, too. And if you write it up like, you know, someone who I would guess literally has never read, did not read this arc and is just describing it based on what you know, some other person in the marketing department told him to describe it. Like, uh, then you don't see that there's any third dimension to domino. You don't, you, she's already sort of a, a, you know, a B lister in the universe. I would say, I mean, I'm sorry. I I know, you know, for now, right, right. That might be changing. Yeah. But no, I I don't know that she's even had her own book before. 
Um, oh, wow. I'm not sure. Maybe she has. But, you know, she's she's been a partner to people and, uh, you know, things like that. But, yeah, this is like her breaking out on her own. It, it, don't describe it as every merc in the game. Like, that's <laughs> um, it's it's weird. Anyway, let me ask you. Well, wait, 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 one more yeah, question. Yeah. Um, is this and this is kind of prescient based on the fact that let's assume this is her first book. This came out this year, right? This this run. Yes. Yes. Um, is there any do you did you ever feel that like this was not as good or should have been the Zazzy Beats version of Domino from the movie. Is this like, did you ever feel that dissonance or that disconnect? Well, no, I, I think the like Zazzy Beats personification of Domino is so fun and so awesome on her own. Uh, I think the adjustment was the other way around when I was mm. reading the first issue here thinking, Oh man, I, you know, I actually kind of wanted them to do what they did with, you know, Nick Cage as, uh, uh, or yeah, yeah. Sam Jackson as Nick Cage and like, mm -hmm. just sort of refresh this character <laughs> as, as he beats, you know, um, when I asked that, because one of the appeal, the, the most appealing aspects of her character in the movie was just her confidence. Like she was just so cool and like, just, I mean, calm. And she's like the Fonz of the whole thing. And I'm just like, yeah. that could work. Harry, if you surround her with some more eccentric characters, that could work really well in a comics context. Well, and having not encountered Domino in any other comic book, I mean, I may have read comics where she's part of the gang in the X-Men or something, but mm -hmm. I think that's definitely what her characterization is anyway. Zazie mm -hmm. Beach just had a lot of panache in pulling ah, that off. But okay. um, uh, that's definitely like, and, and you know, it's it's such a great way to, to launch this comic book and, and have this first arc be about what happens when that character with that confidence becomes vulnerable. Yeah. Okay. And in this way that like, she literally can't stand it. I, you know, I just, I love all this stuff. Like when she goes to the master of Kung Fu, uh, literally to kind of learn uh, mindfulness, you know, is like, yeah. wow, that's like really cool. You know, and it's not a long training montage of, you know, uh, a karate kid kind of you know <laughs> waxing on and waxing off it's like um it's just a real fun adventure that she has with the master of kung fu and still manages to learn that lesson of like if you get out of your head your power will, will start to come back mm -hmm. um so it uh um yeah i just i realized reading this too and especially in the context of having read mockingbird so recently that um it uh like I just love taking these adventures with that kind of B lister from Marvel where it's all nicely wrapped up. And yeah, there's a hint at like what could come, but uh, you know, especially with like, I loved the art in this. It's uh, it's very colorful. Um, it's, you know, a little bit cartoonish in some places, but I realized when I got the annual and there were many different artists who contributed to that, how much I prefer this to sort of, this is a terrible way to put it, but like traditional superhero art. Um, there's a story in the annual uh, where it's all about her relationship with cable. Um, so it's done in this, like, I think it's all just a throwback style. It looks very like much like if you had illustrated the Terminator two, like this post apocalyptic robotic cable, you know, it's like very gritty and sort of Rob Liefeld uh, esque. Um, but the it's cutting back to a scene with cable and domino where they're both in a bathtub and you, you can't, it was the same thing with mockingbird when I was talking about that second volume in our past episode um, where you're like, Oh yeah, yeah. This is how like, you know, when a man writes a story, mm -hmm. <laughs> she's in a bathtub 
and it's you know the top of her breasts are floating a, a, on top of the water you know but what's like really, what's really funny though is that when you first said that i just imagined them in their like in their outfits just kind of begrudgingly looking at each other in this oh. bathtub like it just like that could have gone any number of ways but that's it, the sexy way is what you're saying ish i mean it's yeah it's definitely juxtaposed with the violence of the the cable story in that but uh, even yeah. just that a feeling like oh yeah yeah that's how comic books like that's how superhero books often do look mm-hmm. and that's why i find i have to dip in and out of them and even as much as i love that tom king run on batman that i read i think one of the reasons that i haven't gone back and picked up more of those issues is because i i do like this feeling of like you know what i dipped in I liked what I read. I'm going to dip out. I, yeah. if I if I keep reading it over a couple of years or something, I don't know that I'm going to get that same wonderment feeling of Ooh, liking all the like the art and everything. Anyway, I love the art on this. I would say, um, you know, uh, you're not missing anything if you don't get that annual. This volume one is a great thing uh, to pre-order at your comic book shop. Um, and the for the recommended, if you like section uh i definitely you know if you read the mockingbird volume one this is a great compliment to it um and vice versa but also rocket girl which i've talked about before on the show and just sort of how that's also fun but has some you know uh you know a, a, a deeper story to it um and also bonus what i love about rocket girl is volume one and two whole thing is wrapped up <laughs> yeah you mentioned that i, I forgot about that wonderful yeah um so yeah, I mean, I just I, I I liked this not concerning the whole universe. You don't have to know all the stuff that's going on with the X Men and Deadpool and everything to dip into this, and then you know enjoy it and see where it goes with uh, issue number seven. But don't feel like you know you're obligated. <laughs> yeah, nice. Well, oh, I and oh, I would say physical versus digital. Um, honestly, the digital version is is probably beautiful. Like this art just lends itself. It's it's so cool to look at and it's not i mean i'm you know the page spreads are great but i bet it's you know just as good digitally it's like almost going to feel more like a television series or movie or something digitally so nice great um well that's your pick this week uh we'll do i guess tune in for my pick uh as well you can find us and if you haven't if you didn't realize we have a new name we're panelism now so you can find (laughs) us we are panelism.inc.ink on Instagram, and the website will be panelism.inc as well. .inc being the extension, so not .inc.com, just .inc. Panelism.inc. Subscribe and share with your friends. You can find us wherever podcasts are found, Pocket Cast, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, yeah. all those good places. And we are all those places already know us as panelism. If somehow you get lost, throw in Todd and Taylor. Yeah, uh, and you'll find us. But hopefully, hopefully, with this name change, we're the only panelism you'll find. Yeah, or, or, <laughs> you should find another one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's hopefully yeah, that's one of the many reasons we discussed this before. That's one of the many reasons we updated the name, and hopefully, more things will come out of that name. So stay tuned on that. This has been another fine episode, sir. Um, yeah, go, go grab Domino, I guess, if you're heading to your shop. Do it <laughs> later. <laughs>